Welcome back to Caffeine Confessionals. We're here to talk about the challenge battle for a new champion, episode 12. My name is Alan Aguirre. I'm joined by my lovely co-host. We have the Southern Luke Muncie. What's up, guys? The Vermontian Zoe Trimboli. Hi, everyone. We weren't here to talk about episode 11 because we were on a holiday break, but here we are back again. And before we jump into this episode, which I got to say, I really enjoyed. We had an episode last week, which I thought was phenomenal. That we're going to give our quick thoughts on now. Uh, if you didn't watch last week, here's some spoilers real quick. Laurel came in, put the fear of God into Michelle Fitzgerald, wanted to pull the chaos dagger, didn't pull Raven's name. Raven pulled off a massive upset elimination win with a lot of assistance from the crowd. What did you guys think of last week's episode? All good things. Uh, I love to see Laurel flustered. I mean, she's a badass. It's not that she's not a good competitor, but like, I love to see her in those tense moments where she feels like she's losing and she kind of freaks out on everybody. Uh, Raven has really grown on me this this season. I thought she was kind of lame last season. I'm very much Team Raven now, which is crazy. But yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I think I got to see all the elements of Laurel that I love. Laurel's probably is like top three, top five all-time female for me just on a personal level even though she has me blocked on twitter um <laughs> which it's part of the reason that i love her though because she's just so unhinged and like luke said watching her kind of unravel in that elimination ready to like be pissed at production <laughs> because she was absolutely positive she'd done everything right is just classic honestly i think michelle touched on it a little bit because in a salty um bitter way when she was talking about her or a purple jacket, I should call her purple jacket, mm-hmm. actually. Um, but Laurel, I thought did great in that elimination. And she's always such a great character to have on screen. I wish she could come in as a mercenary every week. Um, the assist, I thought, I thought Raven crushed it too. Like physically, I thought she did really well. I thought that she was very meticulous in the way that she was going about that elimination, but the assisting from the crowd definitely put a damper on things and potentially put a damper on an Im- elimination I think Raven could have won on her own. So it just kind of puts an asterisk there when maybe there wouldn't have to be one. I think it's a beautiful way to say it because she could have perhaps. We'll just never know. And I think that's like TJ. Sorry to keep talking about this, but it's going to tie into this too today. TJ keeps saying, like, oh, you've got to protect your money. You've got to protect your money. And then he's mad when people haven't left. Like, there's still a lot of people here. And it's like, well, you're creating this reality where they have to help their coworkers or castmates in order to maintain their money. So, like, what do you really want to happen here? It's so cheap of MTV to do this, honestly. I think it would be, honestly, a better wrinkle if they could gain money into their bank account by beating a champ. Like, just right. pay these champs to come in, pay them accordingly what they deserve to make this cross-the-world trip to come do this for you, and give these people some more money in that final bank account, because that's lame for right. a bank account that I'm assuming is going to be split. I agree with you guys. Great elimination, great episode. Uh, <clears throat> I was happy for Raven. It wasn't like a it wasn't a, like it wasn't a hand to her like we've seen some wins get handed to people in recent years, but it wasn't like a hundred percent squeaky clean. Like she can't say she cleanly beat Laurel, uh, which I think you know if you're a wrestling fan, both people walk out without taking the loss like completely. Um, they both look strong in defeat or win in victory. 
I love Raven, man. I she like everything about her from that episode, from like the moment she got voted into elimination, and she's taking shots at all the people who put her in, like who like who fought for me, who didn't fight for me. That's the stuff I love because Raven is someone who's like just a real reality TV character, unlike so many of these people who just like get voted in and they're quiet about it. I don't know. I I like Raven a lot. I I miss when people actually had a reaction. Like now everyone's just kind of hoping that they can like avoid these situations in weeks to come in case other people like blow up and have a bigger target painted on them. But like, that's what we used to love watching challenges of the past. People would get pissed when they were voted in and like they actually, there was dynamics that were like, there was lines in the sand, but there were shifting dynamics and it was all possible because people were actually like fighting for something rather than just accepting what was happening to them. I agree. I also liked Raven's little quip because I do think she's a little takes her a little bit longer than most people would think things through. But I liked when she said to TJ last week, like, TJ, I've got to blame you. You keep saying that they're down strong girls and it's me. I like the confidence that she's exuding. Like she talks about her daily wins. She talks about these eliminations she's been thrown into. Like this isn't somebody who's like, oh, my God, I'm the weakest and the outsider. She kind of was at first. But now she's really like, hey, if I'm going to be a champ, this is part of it. I like that mindset. Yeah, there's still an air of delusional to her, I think. But I, I sure. really think she has a lot of potential as a cast member and as a competitor, and I really enjoy watching her. I was a little bitter on some level. I mean, I don't think it's fair to put anyone against Laurel in a physical elimination, frankly. Like, I think she just will roast any of the women there currently. There is not a single cast member on this season that could compete with Laurel in physical elimination. But I would have loved to see it because that's what we love to watch Laurel in. Right. Michelle versus the little hall brawl, like insanity. Like Mariah's yoked, but I still think Laurel beats her easily. Like I just think about mm-hmm. what Laurel did to Cara Maria. Yeah, true. Laurel episode 12. Episode yeah. 12. But I, you know what? I want to segue this a bit. Raven's reaction, I think it was a really good thing because I think those moments where you draw a line in the sand and you make a reaction like that, it actually, I think it's what created momentum with her and Zara for being like, hey, we're two strong players. We're clearly on the outside. We shouldn't be fighting. We should be going against these people. Someone like Horacio, someone like Kylan. Kylan, who was helping her a lot in that elimination with Laurel, they're all now getting together, as we see at the beginning of this episode. They're spending time together. They're talking about the game. They're forming an alliance that really worries Jay. And Jay said at the end of the last episode, like, hey, look, we're really good at having numbers. We're really good at playing this political game. But they can just win every single comp and potentially take us apart, which is what Laurel did back in the day with Kenny on Fresh Me Too. When Wes had all those numbers, Laurel won every comp and just destroyed their alliance by winning. And that's the fear of Horacio, Zara, Kylan. And Olivia sees the relationship between Zara and Horacio, and that's, I mean, that's where our episode begins. Yeah, so many things intertwined. I did watch it multiple times just to make sure that I got it all. Really good editing, to be honest. Like, we had this questioning with Olivia asking, and Michelle actually, asking Norris, like, is it weird to you that he's spending all this time with Zara? And Narice is like, I don't care. All my male friendships are platonic. Like, I can trust him, which she does seem in her life to have lots of platonic male friends, which is great. And I really like that she wasn't bitter in this moment or like super jealous because I think Horacio and 
Zaza, Zara just like to work out together. But that was just like the first little crack. I love Narissa's like confidence. She is secure. She's not worried about Zara as like a romantic threat to her relationship. Um, I think she has her own relationship with Zara too. And I think Horacio is a very transparent person. So I think he would, has probably told her exactly what that re- relationship is if she doesn't just see it for herself. Um, I think Olivia's just jealous. Um, I We know that like Olivia and Horacio aren't really ride or dies, right? Like they were paired on that season because they want production wanted to cast them but they're not like ride or dies and so now that they're on a season where they're not tied to each other and Horacio is allowed to have other friends she's sad because she's feeling like she's not getting enough attention from him yeah and I'm going to tell it off this too because I just recently listened to Olivia's old podcast where she talks about how her and Horacio came to be ride or dies like they knew each other but it wasn't like they were close and when she got the call, she's like, who's one of those athletic people I know? And she's like, oh, and he's been on TV. This makes sense. So in a way, she used Horacio for the show. They weren't really that close. Like, they'd known each other for years. But, like, I've known many people for years that I wouldn't call my ride or die. Uh, I think she's jealous, like you said, Zoe. It's a it's a very interesting situation to untangle because she definitely did bring him onto this show. And they had a closeness to each other. And he probably does feel like he owes it to her for bringing her into this competition world because he loves to compete. Um, but it, it's it's a it's a fascinating relationship. I'm probably going to be very anti Olivia in this podcast, but before I do, I will I will defend her in saying, like she said in a confessional before this season, she didn't know Horacio was going to be on here. He didn't tell her he was going to be on 39, and didn't find out till they were both at the airport. That is the only place where I'm like, oh, that's a little bit weird that Horacio just didn't tell her. And I know Horacio was going to do that little soccer tournament turn like before this season. But the fact that he didn't even give Olivia any heads up that he was going to be on the season was just weird to me. I think it ties back to what Zoe said. They're not actually friends like that. I'm also curious. Like, I know that so many of these people pregame really hard. I don't know what kind of directives they're, they're given from production about talking to people about whether or not they're going to be cast. But I could see if production tells you not to Horacio being the one cast member that takes it seriously also because he's like such a good boy <laughs> yeah I, I I honestly would doubt that it's personal I just think that like he does what he's gonna do and he's not thinking about Olivia when he's making these decisions he's thinking about himself um, and I saw some people online getting like frustrated with Narice for not validating Olivia's feelings, but I don't think Olivia's feelings were valid. I think Narice answered perfectly about what was going on there. She was like, it's not about you. He just has friends. Like he still has your back. You're overthinking this. And I, I think that we don't need to validate our friends' feelings all the times when our friends are being ridiculous. Boom. I feel it. I think that's a good transition, too, because in the middle of that, and this is why I said good editing, we got that random-ass phone call from Narissa's family. And I wish we'd have gotten some more insight into this. Like, there's some there's some traitors in your camp. I don't know the word that was used. Fakes in your camp, in your house. Olivia's been saying that you're broke and yada, yada, yada. I need more context from this. 
how did Nerissa's mom and brother find this out? Was this because they saw Gamer tweet that as a joke? And then they told her, uh, did Deandra find out something back home because she stalks Nerissa's social media and wants on the show so badly? But it played right into that scene Zoe just was talking about where Lydia was kind of, I wouldn't say spiraling, but woe was me. And Nerissa just wasn't letting her have it. Like, he, Horacio does not come here to play the game for you. And he's also still going to have your back. You just have to, like, give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And I love the editing whenever, like, it shows her spiraling. And then he's like, yeah, I would never say her name ever. Just because she's overthinking it. And I think she feels guilty because she feels like she sabotaged their chances in that final with a complete Mm -hmm. freak accident. That was not her fault. But there's definitely some guilt wrapped up in that. Um, yeah, she's she's spiraling because she's the only female there that does not have the a very strong male connection because she has been replaced with Nerese in Horacio's um, in terms of his pairs. And he's he's she's seeing how close he is with Zara, and she knows that like he's not the kind of guy that would be able to just flip on Zara on a dime because it's just not who he is. Yeah. And it, it made me wonder too, like she's sitting there saying, he's not coming up to talk to me. Go outside of him. Like, what are you doing? Like, let me lift with you. Like I'm going to go to the treadmill. Like, let's talk. It just seems like she wants it to come to her doorstep and is not willing to take it elsewhere. What's tough is they're just not similar people in any way. They're just like, they have such different lifestyles. It's hard for them to be like best friends on that level when they don't vibe that way. They, they they care about each other. Like, Horacio was always going to care about her and have her back. But in terms of just day-to-day conversation, there's just not a lot for them to vibe with when they live just such different lives. Uh, I made my little pro-Olivia segment right then. And now I'm going to go into the deep end and say something that, like, a lot of people have been comparing Olivia, like, to Tori in a negative way this season. And I'm going to be honest, I don't even think she reminds me of Tori this season. At this point, Olivia kind of reminds me of Anissa. And it's just the way where every single, like, she's just passing so much judgment onto every person. She's judging Mariah. She's judging Nerese. All while just putting no onus on herself, putting so much judgment on Horacio. And she's not even having a storyline or any sort of gameplay that shows that she can win at all. She's just kind of harping and bringing everyone else down. Wow. Would have never in my life thought of that spot on yeah it's such a good take alan and i cringed when you said it because i think it's such an insult to be compared to anisa but like it's so spot on because anisa is always jealous of other people's stronger bonds in the game and i uh, well olivia i think is a much 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 stronger competitor than anisa like you do need those strong bonds you are going to be the one that gets chopped when it all comes down to like the nitty-gritty of the last few people left um yeah, that's spot on. Wow. You had that scene where, like, Jay is kind of manipulating her. Like, oh, yeah, like, that was a freak accident, et cetera, et cetera. He's getting in her ear to play his best game possible. It honestly reminded me of, like, Teresa with Anissa back on Free Agents, where Teresa was getting in Anissa's ear. To, like, you know, they're up when they're, when they're going into Laurel and stuff like that. Uh, it was, yeah. Uh, apologies to Olivia. I like her much, like, far more. But that was the vibe I was kind of getting. Uh, and Luke, you talked about that phone call with Therese. Yeah. 
that was just one of my favorite moments of the episode. And Reese's family has so much more charisma than so many of these cast members. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> Like she like Narice is like, oh, I kinda have a showman's going in the house and her family's like, Yeah, no shit. It's like <laughs> like of course you do. And then she's like, Oh, but he's a really nice guy, he's really handsome. And he's like, Oh, oh shit, Horacio? Oh my god, you gotta fucking do that. Yeah. I don't know. I like I don't wanna say that like all the eggs are out of the Olivia basket for me. I think this definitely could like be the match that starts to fire and weeks could pick up. But yeah, this season's just not been her thing. And I'm sorry, she's been had so many opportunities to get in Twitter drama because they bring it to her front door, and she's just like, "All love, I don't have the time for this." It's like, well, you spend most of your time partying either in Nashville or wherever Derek, what's his name, lives, just hanging out with random challenge people, going to challenge main events. You've got the time to tweet about the challenge. You just don't want to. Again, it should be in their contracts; they have to. But just kind of a dud. I think it's like this, that stupid vacation line stuff. Like they're afraid to actually get into it online. They want to carry into their next season. It's like, just do something. Right. Have be authentic, have like a real beef, a real relationship. It's just, it all, it seems so surface level. And I, I, maybe that's why Olivia is falling down the list for me because like, I am not really seeing her having authentic relationships with anyone and you don't have to, but like, I, I even if it's authentic, like beef, that would be fine with me. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. Cause they're like, they're so afraid of creating conflict for future seasons. Like, Oh, will I ever get cast again? If I do this, if I do that, Amanda, like, go scorch earth on every single cast member and they're putting her on cbs with like all right we're gonna put two of the greatest champ like five of the greatest champions and amanda just because they know she brings so much good tv like go scorched earth be an entertaining character that'll get you cast again i think that's part of the reason i'm loving raven this season too because she's just actually tweeting what she thinks and i i think that's so sorely missing from this new batch of contenders I'm going to give props to Michelle, too. I would give some to Narice, but Narice deletes her tweets a lot, which, whatever, I still see them. But, like, Michelle does not care. Like, her and Raven kind of got into the other day, and I'm like, wait, what? And then Mariah, in her, in her Mariah way, tweets a lot about the show. So, like, they're the ones pulling for me right now. Emmanuel's done it a few times, but, like, eh, it's not been great. Yeah, we need more social media engagement because, really, a few years ago, we had it made. Yeah, flashback to, like, Final Reckoning. Yeah. Those were the days. <laughs> All right. Those were the days. Those truly were the days. Uh, let's move to the Daily Challenge, I guess. Uh, actually, I like the Daily Challenge because it was just people being physical, trying to push. There's a giant glass thing in the middle of a surface over water, and they had to push their team off. It, it was cool. Just physical. Uh, we had four teams competing in it. Uh, once again, no schoolyard pick because fuck us, I guess. I don't know. There's no, there's no. Uh, here are the teams: Colleen, Raven, Jay, and Asaf, Kylan, James, Michelle, and Mariah, Olivia, Narice, Corey, and Emmanuel, Zara, Bruna, Horacio, and Ed. And it's almost like knowing this is a girls' day. The girls were strategically put in the same teams, like it takes out a lot of the strategy that we could have had. 
I really liked, though, the first team they interviewed, which was Michelle and whoever else she was with, because we got a glimpse. We're going to talk later about how Michelle is like queen of this season. But we got a glimpse that when Michelle's not in control, how quickly she can just let let it go out the window. Because they were questioning her sabotaging, which, you know, they thought it was a God's day, would have made sense. And it freaked her out because I guarantee you Michelle probably was considering sabotaging until they brought it to light. Didn't she even say that it wasn't super beneficial to her to win? Mm -hmm. Like they were spot on and she was triggered. Yeah. And I'm sure that people are going to tweet about that. And like, that's weak. That's weak. Johnny Bananas and CT have both thrown daily challenges for their benefit. So like, this is a strategic game, but yeah, her, her having a little moment was fun for me. Here's what, here's what really sparked it up though, because it's apparently Mariah who took her away and was like, hey, are you planning on throwing this? Because you can you because like when you just look at her team, you got James who's massive, Kylan who's a big guy, and Mariah, who's probably the strongest girl in terms of like lifting weight at, at the very least. They had a very good shot of winning this daily challenge as long as like Michelle gave a hundred percent. Mariah's like, look, I want to win to keep my guy safe. Please don't throw this. And that's where Michelle took offense because she's gone to bat for Mariah and has been her closest ally. So that's where I think she took offense. Now, Mariah had a good reason to question it, obviously. But that's why she took offense, because it's like, yo, I've defended you. Why are you even questioning this? But Michelle is obviously thinking it, too. Yeah. Right. but And Mariah pulled her aside to say it. It's not like she, like, called her out in front of the whole group. Like, she was just checking in like a good friend actually would. Like, hey, I'm not going to call you out in front of these guys. But, like, hey, like, just let me know. We're in, we're in this to win this, right? And... Michelle had been thinking about it, and I think that's why she got so pissed. Because if you're not actually thinking about it, you'd just be like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm in it. We're yeah, I would it. never. Yeah. Look, if I'm playing on Irish goodbyeing and someone calls me up before I do it, I'm still going to be mad. I'm still going to be like, look, I like, <laughs> so I, I get where Michelle is at in that situation. No, I don't get mad when people expect me to Irish exit. I just will find a better opportunity to actually Irish exit. <laughs> right. You're smarter than I am, though. You're smarter. <laughs> But going off this, I think, like, if I'm being redundant, just tell me to be quiet, and I'll literally be quiet. But I think just seeing these little glimpses of, you know, Michelle with Mariah, who are still going to be friends, but, like, Ken Bicker, the breakdown of Olivia and Arise, Raven thrown in there. Those five girls specifically, if there's any longevity to the show, their dynamics can work wonders, especially in a season where some of their older, more vet-type friends are there. It can shift the numbers around a little bit. If MTV has done anything well this season, I do think it is – that combination right there. I fully yeah. agree. I think that, that there's a lot of star power in this female cast. Now we need to see those people put together with some of the OG beefs and, have, right. and see just what happens when you put them all in a mixing tank and see whether they, they beef with each other, come together. It'd be fun. And they need I'm to back. Yes, for sure. I need a man in the house with them to make them commit. Exactly. So the Daily, sorry. <laughs> I mean, the Daily, it, uh, James and Kylan won their heat against Colin, Raven, Jay, and Asaf because they're just much bigger and stronger. That, that was a no-brainer. And then we had uh, the team with Olivia and Corey, which I thought should be pretty strong because Olivia and Corey are two of the bigger like male and female competitors. Uh, but the overall cardio and just engine of Zara, Bruno, Horacio, and Ed went much harder. I also think, like, athletic IQ. I just think they're just way smarter 
athletes, not even just smarter people, but I think they know how to move their bodies and know how to leverage their bodies. Corey looked pathetic for someone so mm-hmm. big. You could tell he has like that to me was he has no athletic foundation at all because he just had no like he he didn't lower his base, like no good center of gravity. When you think of athletics, anyone that's played any sports, you think of like a strong athletic position, which is like wider base, knees bent, like he looked, he was like bent over at the waist doing weird shit, trying to push with his arms when he's like made of muscle. I think if I was the other guys, I'm chomping at the bit to get Corey and some of these eliminations out because he's big for nothing. Yeah. I was impressed too by just like the spatial awareness of people who knew how to get right to the brink and then like, hey, I'm going right over here and hitting this other side. What's the term you use, Zoe? Athletic what? It's not like an athletic IQ. Yeah, 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 that's it. I think that's perfect. Because it was, I mean, that's what won it. Like Zara clearly has it. I mean, Horacio and Ed definitely have it. And I think Berna's a good teammate and won't get in people's way. Unlike some people, like some people would actually get in people's way. She won't get anybody's way, but she will have her pants pulled right up to her back. <laughs> She's Every insane. single time. Every single time. They win their heat. And then the, uh, the final round, I think I would say it was an upset of sorts. I don't even know, because I, I, I thought the James and Kyle team would have a very good shot of winning, especially with Mariah. Um, but again, that, that overall athletic IQ just like it was a difference. And then just also just a like a cardio drive as well. Just like they have so much energy in the tank that other team and Horacio were just so impressive. I mean, Zara too. Like they were just nonstop. I think, I think it was good chemistry too. Like they were on the same page working really well together as a team. Whereas that other team clearly had some chemistry issues. Um, <coughs> wrong. I think like, like you said, Alan on paper, I think that was definitely an upset, but watching those two teams function as a team, the better team won. And I hate to say it, but I've already started. Zara and Horacio, I really think, could work well relationship-wise just because she's very low-key. In the same sense, Nerys works well, too, because she brings a lot out of him. But it's really just interesting, these dynamics. Like, if Johnny Middlebrooks had been there and Nerys had gone back to him, like, would Zara and Horacio be tempted with one another? I don't know. It's all these what-ifs that play through my mind. But, yeah, their chemistry is really good. And it could just be platonic chemistry. I think Zara is so easy to get along with. Like everyone loves her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the guys really respect her abilities too. So I think it's easy for her to pal around with them because like she can hold her own. Yeah. They're also working out 87 hours a day. It's I, I'm out of breath watching them at times. Like they're just always fucking working out. Mm. TJ reveals that it's a girl's day. Much to the shock of most of the people. Uh, And you could tell on a lot of the girls' faces, like, oh, maybe I should have tried a little bit harder this time. Uh, Because who was on that team? Berna and Zara? Like, those are probably two girls they would definitely target. So, yeah, it got a little spicy. Well, after after they made their first pick. Yeah, Zara winning again is putting an even bigger target on her back. But they're going to have to catch her losing on a girl's day to do something about it we're gonna get one of those for a couple weeks now because we just we know we have two more mercenaries left and they're both men uh after this week 
<clears throat> so that that's a down the that's a down the line problem. Um, they get into those uh, they get into their little deliberation as a team and look, man, Raven's work like Raven's like gusto effort and her talks with Zara worked wonders this week because Zara went gung ho like we're not putting in Raven like under like no circumstances. Horacio, same way. Like, we're not throwing out this name. Uh, people say a lot of names they won't say. Uh, one of the funniest things is, like, well, we can't say Michelle. And then Horacio's like, well, I, I don't know about that. And I really love seeing Horacio's just distaste for Michelle. It's one of those very under, like, low-key, not even a rivalry, but it's just, he just does not like Michelle at all in the way she plays the game. Because it, it's obviously completely opposite of the way Horacio competes. Yeah. Yeah, I'll save that for later, but yeah. Yeah, I was here for that, too. I was curious why no one brought up, I mean, it could be editing, but there's. it's always interesting when you say, these are the names we won't say, and then some people will really defend two of the people that the other people are trying to say. It's like, okay, well, we all just said these are the names we won't say, so these are the names left on the table, but no one goes there. Yeah, I, like honestly, for a second, the way the edit was going, thought Olivia is going to be the name. But I was thinking it might happen. Yeah. They end up with Colleen, of course, but that's an obvious. Like, to me, it's like, okay, who cares? Hey, Berna did go very hard for Colleen. She did actually, like, no, Colleen's my girl. Like, we can't put in Colleen. Like, like let's go for Raven. And she's pressuring Ed big time. And Ed just, in total Ed fashion, he just folds at like, well, two against one. I can never do two against two, so I'm just going to go with what they say. And we're going to put in Colleen. He's like, Colleen's at the bottom of the lines. But Berna did go hard for Colleen and even said it, you know, after the fact. And I I just love Berna not understanding the game ever, where she's like, oh, I, I put in so much work in this daily challenge. You know, we're playing the game, we're alive. Like, Berna. She's still calling Michelle her queen, not realizing that Michelle's about to turn on her. Right. And, and in Berna's defense, unknowingly, she's not doing this intentionally, but, like, Colleen probably is the girl that views her as her number one. Like, they have their talks in their language that's not English. I don't know what language it is. German? Is that a language? I don't know. Uh, I guess I'm a dumbass. But, like, they really should be linked together, but Zoe's right. It's still, Michelle's my queen, yada, yada. Okay. Yeah, and... You're- Berna would be pulled in on these talks of this other alliance if she wasn't so blindly, idiotically devoted to Michelle mm-hmm. and impossible to reason with. Okay, we got to talk about it because we didn't get to talk about it last week. Berna cock-blocking Raven and Norris last week to where they couldn't hook up with each other. And then also, like, Berna just being the most oblivious person, playing the worst social game ever, and then being like, oh, Zara doesn't really know much about this game socially. She's just so oblivious. Just harping on every single person in the house's flaws. I was cracking up so much. Like, she's she's a special reality TV character. Well, she forgets that Nelson and Ashley were hooking up and she jumped in the bed and kicked Ashley out. Like, it's double standard to me. I don't forget anything Ashley-related. Like, Bernie, you, you split that up, thank God. But... <laughs> She's so weird. She's the weirdest. <laughs> I love and her. I'm so I'm so glad she's here because honestly, like, I it can't all be kumbaya. We all love each other and want to braid each other's hair. Like, we need someone that grinds people's gears, and no one does that better than Perna. 
Yeah. Well, and I said this the last time we recorded, but like I, I'm kind of upset that she's on Survivor Turkey right now or about to be because I think she would be funniest crap to see on season 40 if like a Laurel's there or a car's there because most people are intimidated by those two women, but like Berna wouldn't be and would say the most off the wall stuff and it would really elicit a reaction from them. So she's needed in a way that's not just like, oh, we stand her. She's our favorite, but like she serves a role here. You need the delusional girls there to yeah. provide something. Yeah. We used to have Brittany Thornton. Brittany never got anywhere near as much screen time as Berna. Like, no offense to her. Like, Berna, Berna takes up so much camera time. She is like a an impractical Joker's like skit as a person. Just like we're just gonna see how long the house can just exist with her annoying them. Although Brittany Thornton would get a lot of screen time on a season like this. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you. I think Brittany Thornton got a lot of screen time especially on Dirty, or not Dirty 30, Final Reckoning, even when not being in the house. But I know what you're saying. But I also agree with Zoe. Like, again, it tells back something we said 13 weeks ago at this point. We did need some of these people like Brittany in there. Because, like, they just would have brought, like, not old school, because she's not old school, but she would have thought she was old school, and it would have been perfect delusion. I go back to her, like, rant on Kayla. Was it the Dirty 30 reunion? When she like stands up and starts like flapping her dress around at Kayla. And I'm just like, you're again, right up there with Berna, one of the weirdest, weirdest bitches that's ever been on this show. Yeah. <laughs> Congrats on your new baby though. She's pregnant. Oh, well. Anyways, so we get back to the house. There are conversations about what, Alan? I forget what's next for us. It was like this was one of the most like longest like political scramble episodes ever because it felt like 30, 40 minutes of deliberation. Like it was it went on for an extended period of time. Did we even get a club scene this episode? I don't think we did. It was just a lot of house deliberation. Yeah, no club scene. Oh, a uh, a shaft being like a little rat scrambling around. Yes, we'll we'll jump right into that. Uh, we come back from the daily challenge. People are saying who to vote in, etc. Uh, we see a little alliance meeting ish, like a mini alliance between Colleen, Emmanuel, uh, Asaf, and Berna, which is just <laughs> golden. <laughs> it's just the worst drag rotation ever. It's just the worst. It's just. Uh, and someone has a notebook where they have all the names uh, as like initials in like alliances and they're pairing them up and trying to see who's with who, who's connected to who. And Colleen is essentially like, okay, Jay, Olivia, Narice, and Michelle are at the center and they're playing both sides of the house. And like she outlines the whole alliance of the game. And she's like, if we go against one of them, then everything will begin to crumble. And it looks like Berna and Emmanuel are for the first time like actually figuring this out like along with Colleen and Asaf has just been fully aware and that that's the issue of this whole situation because Asaf then immediately goes to tell Jay and Michelle that Colleen is planning against them all season everyone is just saying Colleen is very smart and like she's she's a psychologist I feel like we need to see a little bit more I feel like there's everyone always just says it and there's, we just need more substance to it because I, I think she is moral she's not dumb i don't think she's dumb like some of these other cast members but i don't know about if 
everyone just keeps saying she's smart and I need to see more smartness. I think she has a, a really high emotional intelligence that we've definitely seen so far that I think a lot of people translate to actual intelligence, but I'm sure she is too. The downside is English is not her first language. So her confessionals aren't going to be that convincing. The scenes she films, like if it feels a little weird, we're probably not going to get it. I'm going to disagree with you about the Asaf thing though. Yeah, he is running around like a little rat, but I think it's such a testament to how good that other side is. Like it also does benefit Asaf's game because none of that other core group has ever once mentioned throwing Asaf in. Like they're still the Eds and the Corys that have been up for up for in jeopardy, I guess, in weeks previous. Asaf's not been mentioned by anybody except for Corey. So I think they seem as really valuable. Now, weeks down the line, will that shift? Sure. But I think it's it, it doesn't work in the favor of us getting a split right now, but I think it's so interesting to see. I think the thing is, is that the men, there is not a solid bond on the men's side of that alliance, and there is or has been a solid bond on the female side. So really, Jay has been the only guy that's actually insulated on the male side of that alliance. Any of those other guys could catch a stray at any time. Mm-hmm. Um I just can't stand this off. He irks all, all the bones in my body. Like, I just can't stand him. <laughs> I'm the same way. And literally total madness and the season, like, I rated him as the first, number one person I was excited to see back. I will never do that again. He's just irritating. But, yeah, I think, I think that Jay is the one that's actually most benefiting from this alliance. By far. For sure. Agree with you, Zoe. Like, I, I really do detest the soft this season. I think he's so corny. I don't think he's a very good competitor. He annoys me whenever he pops up on my Twitter timeline. Like, I just think I just think he's the worst. But I will give him credit in that, like, he is being successful in being a rat for his alliance. Like, he actually is doing a good job. And then later, he's just completely eavesdropping on a conversation between Horacio and Zara, where they just don't even see him there as he's listening to everything they're saying. Uh, so he is doing a good job at that. He actually, you know, if you're trying to be a spy rat, you're doing a good job of soft. Uh, his alliance isn't throwing him under the bus, but he has done a bad job in that he's created conflict with Kyland and Corey now, where it is easy for those two guys to throw him in. Jay is insulated. And I think Ed is in a good spot too. But Asaf, even though he's He's in an okay spot, but he can also get thrown in very easily by those guys. And I don't think he's in a good spot with James either. Who I just remembered was here for the first time in four weeks. Yeah. yeah. Too, honestly. It just, it just, we only have seven guys in the house. And that's like, those are half the guys now. So I guess it's. Yeah. What's next? The deliver? Do they have an actual deliberation? Yeah. And they all vote for. Raven, except yeah. for who votes for Mariah? Kyland. Kyland. Yeah, and not much to say here on my end, at least. But like this again seems like Kyland trying to like make a big move, but it's like it's just transparent to me. I think he's also just over it. Yeah, I think he is too. I, I liked it. I was because I was half expecting some people to at least like do something and not vote for Raven, but. Again, everyone's just like, oh, no, can't say any names in case any person wins. Um, so I, was, I I appreciated that because, you know, there's plenty of people who didn't want to save Raven and ended up doing it anyway. Um, so I was like, good for him. 
Raven's pissed, as she should be. There were some there were some interesting words said during the deliberation, even though it was a steamroll, and that's like when Michelle voted in Raven, Raven's just like, I fucking like just stop feeding me bullshit, Michelle. And we're seeing again the ride or die split is happening there. And then Corey, he actually said, like, look, I'm just a pussy. Like, I'm just straight up, like, I'm I'm a coward, and I'm going to vote for Raven. And then after the deliberation, he goes to her, and he's like, it was a really weird scene, because I didn't think it was, like, necessary for him to explain himself. But he's like, you know what? I'm really disgusted by how everyone's playing the game, because no one's actually playing a good social game. It's just pre-established relationships. That's not a social game, which I actually think he's right about. Like, it's, it, no one's playing the game that way. Um, do I expect him to become a non-coward next week? No. But it was it was just a fascinating scene because it teased the, the possibility of something happening. It's not that I disagree with you, Alan, because I, I know what you're saying. But, like, it's everything Corey says is just so bold to me because, like, him saying I'm not playing a game I'm happy with. He tweeted for months when he wasn't cast on last season that, like, I'll, I'll play fearless. I'll never know when my next call will be, yada, yada, yada. And, like, talking about pre- relationships he played on that card with michelle and Burner early on in the season so like the moment it's not going in your direction that favors you you're going to call it out but yet want to work on it it's like when he got mad at the burn vote and then burn voted he just is so flip-floppy it's insane i think that like he wants to play this villainous game like i think he wants to do all the things he wants to do he wants to set fire to things but he doesn't in the one time that he really tried to do that he doesn't know how to do it without being nasty. And I think he has to figure out a way to make the moves he wants to make, make bold decisions, not just be someone that goes along with the house vote and contributes to boring deliberations over and over again without, like, going too far and being an asshole. Yeah, I was going through my camera roll of, recent, of like, tweets that have been deleted because sometimes they make me laugh. But one that I have is his where someone was like, dude, you really got to like either be a villain or not and just stick with it because otherwise people are going to get tired of this. And he's like, tell me one time that's actually worked. And someone said, Kayla and Amanda. And the tweet he deleted was, I'm not Kayla nor Amanda. But those are two people who really could be villains. They could get nasty at times, but like they were going to stand by it. Like they didn't care if people came with them on Twitter. They were not going to get on there and issue a public apology. They were just going to say, hey, it's how I felt in the moment. It's how I feel now. We're going to keep rolling. And people respect them because of that. They know their their archetype. Agreed. Plus, if you if you're a villain long enough, if you're you know if you're a villain long enough, eventually you become the hero. Fucking people people cl- clamor for Kayla to come back. People clamor for Amanda to come back. It's like you know, a lot of those people who were villains in the time. Looked at a lot better. A lot of times they're right. Unless you're like a bad person. Just don't be a bad person. Be, you be a villain, you know? Yeah. I, I'll, I'll even say Teresa. Like, I feel like people absolutely. I was always saying she's, a bad, she's <laughs> like, a bad person. But, and I'm not going to disagree cause I, or agree because I don't know that much about her. I mean, I do. But <laughs> I feel like she was somebody on the challenge that, like, she was nobody's favorite. People really disliked her. There was like maybe one Teresa stand. But when she was announced for double agents, people freaked out. Nostalgia helps. Big moments from the past help. But Corey's never going to get that because he backtracks them all. Nostalgia does help because she's a, she's a rat. 
um, <laughs> bad, bad person. <laughs> Luke, you immediately tried to play the, I don't know that much about her as if Zoe hasn't gone on like 50, like fuck Teresa <laughs> rats. <laughs> that bitch sucks. <laughs> well, I think going off nostalgia and jump me if I'm wrong, we could probably jump into the elimination. Yes, and it is the return everyone's been waiting for. Came one week early. Thank you, Santa Claus. Car uh, Maria is back. She comes out. People are hyped. And, like, nobody on this cast left has ever done a season with Car Maria before. So it's a big surprise. She is truly, like, a monolithic legend to them. Uh, for many, like, she's their goat. Like, it's, like, it's a, it's a cool moment for the people who are the fans of the show. And it's been literal years. It's been... Years producing carbon. It's been five years, uh, which is insane. Uh, I will say I was very happy that they cheered for her because no matter how certain people may feel, uh, she is a big deal in the scope of this game. Like she just is. Um, I do believe TJ when he says she's his favorite because sometimes I feel like watching previous seasons, TJ definitely favors her. Uh, but here she is. TJ's a rat too, but um. <laughs> so I'll get into this more, but I had some like weird, conflicting emotions watching Car Maria come out because nostalgia helps. Well, no, here's the thing. That's not the Car Maria I know. That was just straight up. She came out. She was talking a big game on the microphone, like she was like the Rock, like a pro wrestler. And I'm like, Car Maria, this is not who you were. They they literally like on Dirty Thirty when it was just you and Camilla, and Camilla had done all the bad things. They had Camilla doing the press tours because she was a better talker than you. You've never been the person who comes out and like cuts these like killer confessionals and speeches. Guys, Polly wrote that speech for her. Let's be real. <laughs> like she Polly, she came out full Polly. That's what she did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. I I will never negate that because that is true. Here's what I am a little hopeful for, because this is not her. I just recently watched over this winter time break with my friends, War of the Worlds 1, where Nani's like, Kara, this is not you. You used to be the nicest girl ever, now you're this. I believe that people can change, and I really do believe that Kara now is this person who has an inflated, not inflated, maybe inflated ego, and I'm kind of okay with it. Like, if I get a car return, I don't really want her doing the whiny, like, everybody's against me, blah, blah, blah. Like, I would want her to be bold and boisterous. So as much as it's grading, like, if we're going to get a version of Kara, I'm happy that it's this new one that maybe Polly crafted the past five years in their Montana basement. I don't know. Yeah, so I'm going to try to choose my words as carefully as possible here because <laughs> it is not a secret that I, I really don't like Karma yet because of her inconsistent nature as a human being. Like, mm-hmm. that is something I've never liked about her. I don't feel she knows who she is. I don't think she's consistent who she is. But she's absolutely one of the female goats of this show, or goats yeah. here. Like, that's, that is undeniable. She is a presence, and I agree with you, Luke. With all that she's done, and all that she's capable of, she should come on with a ton of confidence any season she comes on to because she is someone that all these women should always be scared of in some capacity. Um, I think that her poly speech was weird. I think it was a little much, but I do think that she's earned every right at this point to be confident. So if this is the version of herself that she's going to be from here on out, as long as she continues, if she gets cast on the challenge again and shows up, 
she should be this confident version of herself. She's earned it and she's going to go far in any season she goes on much to my own personal pain and suffering. Um, cause she's good. Yeah. And I, I want to tail end off that before we move on to something, because I agree with you for sure. And talking about Teresa and nostalgia and all these things, like people forget War of the Worlds one and then World of the Worlds two people were very anti Kara did not like who she was, thought she was whiny. And like somewhere back in my phone, I've got a screen recording of the car lot being like, people don't like me anymore. Why am I going to show back up? Her and Polly went on this weird tour of like, well, MTV scorned us, yada, yada, yada. Now they're literally begging to be back on the show. But I think she had to have a reality check that, hey, this little underdog girl you played in your first few seasons when you kind of were an underdog worked. It doesn't look cute now. Like you're good, own it, whatever. And I think time off too, she knew she had to come in and make an impression, win or lose, or else, like, what stock does she really have? Now, spoiler, All Stars 4 had already filmed and concluded during this time, so, like, she's on that. Uh, we're still waiting. But, like, this really is her re-entrance. I don't know. I think it worked out really well, though. <laughs> yeah, it was – she was the perfect champ to end with for the female mm-hmm. side. As someone that – prefers floral 10 times over Kara was the right one to save her last and this version of, of Kara man like not what I'm used to but is was the perfect type of like what we want in a mercenary the person that brings the flair the person that strikes fear into people the one who's going to be willing to talk on put and put on a show and that's what she did she came out there and Luke you talked about all-stars for filming if anyone mm-hmm. who follows social media knows Kari and Laurel are friends again. the The beef has been has been buried. Uh, or are they are they not friends again? Has that had has because it's been a whole year since they filmed. Are they not friends again? They weren't on All Stars four, but I do think they are now. Some backstory. One of them went on a podcast. I think it was Laura went on her live and said that her and Car were both in Croatia at the same time and just like sat down and were like, "What are we doing? Like, let's just have some respect here." And that kind of went into it. Um. So when we see who Kara picks, she says, "Well, Polly told me to." I'm a little bit led to think that she had some other outside people telling her what to do, but it's fine with me. Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too, when she's saying that mm. Polly said that Michelle girls would say, I was like, why, why would Polly have anything to say about that? Like, I guess because USA, too, they had filmed together, and she did have a hand in him leaving, but like, not like she was the mastermind of it. I, I don't know, but here's what I loved. It was weird. It was needed. She gave hope to the hopeless. <laughs> Raven and Colleen. I like that she asked, how many times have you been in? It's a lot. And they're like, none of them have. And it was the four girls who are running the season. I screenshot it. I'm going to frame it. It was just really, really good cinematography, even though it wasn't. But like, there they are. It is glaring right in front of you. None of these girls have been in. They are running this game. This should be the sign to everybody. And then Kara, masterfully, I'm going to let Zoe say what she did. I loved it. Purple shirt. <laughs> well, I love Or orange shirt or whatever it was. Yeah, it was like purple jacket, whatever it was. When orange shirt. Oh, no. Purple jacket was Laurel. Orange shirt was. Okay, Laurel. Okay, yeah, okay, got it. Orange shirt. And she's like, give me a name. Like, if I pull it, who am I to say? And Michelle's doing her little diplomatic political bullshit. And. 
Kara just like cuts her off. She's like, all right, well, then it's going to be you. If I pull this, it's you. I don't even need to ask the rest of these girls. Because if you're not willing to like actually play the game and give me a name, then it's you. And I, I loved it. Yeah, because I thought about this hard. If Michelle says a name, she's screwed. But if production already told Kara where the mace is, she's screwed. Like, uh, it was great TV. Calling your orange orange shirt was like the big tell that like Laurel and her were in cahoots. And like even Michelle said after, like, look, I think she knew beforehand that she was calling me out. And it was just a whole like the song and dance was just like, was, like I was the first name she said for a reason. Um, and she pulls the mace. So she calls Michelle down and we got an elimination. So the elimination, they've got to move these blocks onto a puzzle board. They're heavy and they've got to make a puzzle. I thought this through as well, because I did watch the episode more than once this time. Definitely strength-wise caters to Kara, but the bulk of it is the puzzle. Like you can be as strong as you need to be, but like if you can't put it in the right spot. And there was a lot of clamor on Twitter that Michelle got a lot of help, which I'm not denying that she did, but it didn't seem as much as maybe was broadcasted. And Michelle like Raven last week would have won this without the help. It was a nine piece puzzle. Okay. And when this elimination started, Cara Maria was kicking Michelle's ass, like Mm -hmm. pushing these giant blocks around for fun. Like she said, it was a morning CrossFit workout for her. She's like skipping around, flipping them over, doing as much as to see that Michelle's getting a piece and struggling with it and goes over to move a block in her path. So she has to struggle even more. Like, that's how easy it was for her. It also showed how absolutely terrible Cara Maria can be at puzzles and how she has, like, four brain cells sometimes. Um, because that was... I, I, I want to say this, though. There's a lot of, like, Ravens, like, I don't know if Cara Maria is, like, the best at puzzles. Cara Maria's biggest wins in challenge history have all come, come via puzzles. Because puzzles. that's how she beat Bananas on Bloodlines. She won Vendettas on a puzzle. Uh memorization puzzle though memorization. she's she's very good at memory she's ex she's excellent that. at memorization but she solved the 3d puzzle for her and cook on uh rivals 2 that like you know it's why they had the big lead in the beginning she was actually like she solved a lot of puzzles in her challenge career and i'm i'm zoe's pointing at her head here's <laughs> where old car came back out and it, it's fun like this shows that people have flaws like i'm i'm so cool with it Kara can be great at all these things. The second she gets in her head, it is donezo for her. It is done. The same with Laurel even. Like not to associate them together, but like when she started realizing that Michelle had more pieces, Kara's so strong. She could have burst out and finished, but she got in her head. I was waiting for her to CrossFit jump onto one of those boxes and just literally look at Michelle's puzzle. Because if she had done that and literally just gotten up and jumped up on one and looked and seen, she would have seen the image. She would have figured it out, and she could move them 10 times as fast as Michelle could move them. But she just panicked. That was the Cara Maria that we have seen in the past. Sometimes when she gets in her head about something, she was like, oh, shit, I'm losing. Mariah's calling it out, saying she's panicking. She's freaking out. You've got this. And physically, it was such light work for Cara that I wish she could have just, like, one of those pieces was clearly the centerpiece of the puzzle. Figure the rest out, Cara Maria. I, yeah. when I say I had conflicting emotions during this elimination, I wanted Cara Maria to win 
so bad, <laughs> like so bad because I, as Jay pointed out, Michelle is really the glue to this alliance in so many different ways. And if you extract that piece, I think everything would have unraveled in such a fascinating way to watch. And it would have sucked for Michelle because she is playing such a masterful game at this point. But I really, really wanted her to lose, especially after the way she acted when she won. Oh, yeah. I No comments about the the thing about Michelle leaving. I wanted that too. Love Michelle, but like, great for the game. Let's just jump to Michelle wins. We've already said that. Zoe, her jumping up on those boxes, being like, I'm a puzzle girl. Flipping like her flipping hair. her hair, shaking her butt. The by the way, the crowd going absolutely insane. Which I get, they've saved some money. That's the person they spent the past few weeks with. But like, you're missing the objective of the game. It was absolute insane. And people rushed off the stage. They've not done that in any weeks previous. Everybody. It didn't matter. Everybody. People on Twitter are saying that Michelle is providing nothing on a season where she's got all these confessionals. They're out of their minds. Absolutely. Michelle is providing everything for this season. It's it's crazy because, like, I see she's playing a masterful game. I am sort of rooting for her because I do actually like her, but I also kind of hate her, and I really want her to lose. (laughs) When she gets confessionals, like, well, this is my season to win. Like, I'm playing such a masterful game. Like, she's doing that. She's jumping on the blocks. Like, I... I keep waiting for the egg to hit her face. Well, and watching the sheer panic the week before with Laurel and then her being this cocky, that's, again, it's just, it's what I don't vibe with in any competitor, which is why I don't vibe with the person she beat. Like, the up and down of that is so weird to me. Like, just pick a personality. Agreed. Challenge producers and casting have got to be just, like, rubbing their hands together. This girl says yes. I can't, like, even on Spies, Lies, and Allies, she had great scenes at the three episodes she was in, or two episodes, I can't even remember. But, like, I'd, I hate to, like, call people faces of the show and stuff like that, but, like, if we had to think of, like, the new generation type people from the past few seasons, Michelle wasn't after Spies, Lies, and Allies, but very quickly has done it for herself. Like, she was cast on USA after already being on MTV. Ride or Die, she had a pretty excellent season where she had some wins and caused some chaos and some drama. And then this season, it's like, you put her in the right connections, which does help her out, but she can steamroll. Like we knew this about Survivor 2. She made it to the end twice, not really doing that much except for just having a good social game. But like people should key in and be like, whoa. And I'm scared that Michelle's not gonna come back next season. Like she's tweeted that a few times, like, I've got too many enemies, people know my shtick. But yeah, she's so good to watch. Yeah, I think that this was the perfect season for her to do what she can do. I don't see her being able to pull the things she's pulling with any established veterans in this game. She would have to come up with a completely different style of play and a different strategy. Um, But this is her season to lose. Unless she gets some sick pair for like an X's or a rival season, hello, she should be chomping at the bit for Laurel for a rival season. My God, yeah. She should be begging production for that to happen. This is her chance. And I'm sidetracking, but thank you for opening this door. I put great thought into a rival season. There is no other option for Laurel. Like people have been like, put her and Cara back together. No, they'd steamroll. Put Laurel with Michelle. The absolute chaos that that would bring out 
I couldn't because handle it. They actually don't like each other. Like no. that's that's what they were missing from some vendettas, rivals, whatever. They didn't always put people people they actively disliked. Like that is a pair that makes sense. Just like if we get another season of that, pay Cara Maria and Kayla to come back and be actual rivals. Dear Lord. Thank you, because hear me out. People are always saying Tori and Cara. No, they would steamroll. Kayla and Cara, Tori and Amanda, they actually don't like each other. There are three teams right there that you could have dumb, dumb teams elsewhere. They would carry the entire season. Like, what is going on? Filthy 40. Hey, we, we got some, we, there's some other pairs on the table there, too. Because we, we got Johnny and Kellyanne, we fucking, ah, we got some good, there's some good pairs, like, across the universe right now. Like, we're, if they do it, we're in a good space, but they'll fuck it up. They'll probably fuck it up if they do it, but there's so much potential there. I gotta figure out some way for Ashley, but anyways, um. Give her one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, Carl loses. Uh, TJ says she's the best, the best. She goes. They storm. Michelle's the best. We get scenes for next episode. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say they're not bringing in CT next week. I mean, there's well two guys left, Brad and CT. That's not a spoiler. They announced the cast. It's going to be Brad. Uh, we get some Jay versus Conlon action happening, which I think is could be fun. I, I just am very pleased with this entire season so far. I'm really enjoying it. I will criticize people for not having like the guts to make moves, but I am really enjoying the season. And I think it's because I'm still kind of waiting for all of this to implode because I know it's going to happen soon. Yeah. I, I hate to rush the time because I'm excited to see not really Brad, but like Brad and CT, that's going to be fun. But there's still so many left. I want to see how things play out after the champs aren't there. Like, I just think it's going to be a really good end game that we've not had in past few seasons. And maybe I'm going to be wrong, but I'm excited. We've also gone three weeks without seeing someone get eliminated. It'll be very fun to watch someone get eliminated next week, finally. Please. Especially, I really, I'd be really happy to see one or two of these men on these casts leave the show and not have to take up any more screen time. Yeah. Yeah, I want to trim the male fat here, please. Some like I guess it doesn't really matter. It's all lard. It's all lard, Zoe. It's just it's it's just a tub of lard. Yeah, I don't. But I don't even like think about them. But I would love to trim away at this like alliance and just get rid of some of this male voting power that they have. I would love right. that because they provide nothing. Something we uh. <clears throat> They, they're just awful. I don't want to see them on. Something we should cap off on, though, for these eliminations. A lot of people online have been complaining about the, the mercenary eliminations this season and about how the lack of physical eliminations uh, in the game. Um, I think we'll all agree early on the eliminations were very tailor-made for the players in the game. Uh, Casey is a very strong physical player. She got a pull wrestle. Jordan is one of the fastest guys in challenge history. He got a game of agility. Devin got a puzzle because he's Devin or like a counting game. Uh, and then Tori got a swim, which I would say is actually a physical challenge and a mental aspect. She's a very good swimmer. Last few weeks, we've seen some players lose in some more mental type games. Uh, how are you guys feeling? Like, do you guys think it's like, are, are we missing the headbangers right now? 
I think it's sad to have two of your strongest female physical competitors come in back to back and not give them any sort of physical elimination. Like, I think it would have been a really cool opportunity to see Cara Maria in that, like, rope tied to your back, tied to the other person elimination again, because that's one of her most iconic wins. And it's not directly like, I'm going to put my hands on you and beat you. Um, like I said, I would have loved to see Laurel, like in any sort of physical elimination, but I think it's just not fair ever. Um, I do think in some ways that this last elimination was kind of built for Kara because of how physically she dominated. I think she just flopped on the puzzle. Yeah. Um, so, but I think I would have maybe flip-flopped Cara Maria and Casey's eliminations. Actually, I messaged Luke last week that I thought the, the elimination last week was perfect for Cara Maria because she has so much upper body strength of pulling that chain. And then just, as we talked about, memorizing colors is what she's amazing at. And it's like that, that elimination felt like it was made for her. Um, I would say the only, like, I would say Laurel's elimination was built for her and that Laurel was just good at everything. Like, so it's like, like what's Laurel good at? Everything. Everything. Um, so whatever you throw at her, she's going to do well. And she did do well, actually. Um, I mean, she beat Ninja Natalie in a climbing elimination. I know it's not in the in the history books she didn't, but in our hearts, she beat Ninja Nat- Natalie in a climbing elimination, which just is a testament to she's ridiculous. Yeah. The only person who didn't get an elimination that was tailored to them was Darrell. Um, and even then, there are rumors that was supposed to be a Johnny Bananas elimination, which that felt very much like a Johnny Bananas carnival game elimination. And even if they kind of did, like, give Darrell an elimination tailored to him, literally no one could beat Darrell in a pole wrestle. Zach got beat 2-0 by Darrell in a pole wrestle. Maybe only CT in his prime could beat Darrell in a pole wrestle. Like, it's, I don't really know if there's a fair elimination to, for anyone to face Darrell in, just in general. I think the only thing that would make a physical elimination against Darrell more fair at this point is because he's just gotten older. Yeah. Like, I think that there's some of those guys... Not many of them. Horacio, um, mostly Horacio, I think, could give him a strong run for his money. Because I was going to say Kylan, but I don't think so. Um, I don't know about yeah. a man well. If it's a sprint, I think Ed could, because he's like a, you know, he, he's a former sure. college track athlete. Sure. Darrell's just such a gamer. He's got, like, I just don't see the level of competitive spirit in most of these guys that Darrell has. So, yeah. Ooh, any last thoughts? None at all. I'm really enjoying it. I I am sad to see the this female champ run end because I think we ended with two really strong champs on kind of a sad note because if I wanted any two female champs to win their eliminations, it was these two. Um, but I'm really happy we got to see them. Optimistic we'll get to see them again in the future. And looking forward to hopefully this massive bullshit alliance unraveling soon. Mm-hmm. I mean, we should see them again in the future. Uh, they filmed the season like eight years ago that still hasn't been put on by Paramount or MTV. I'm wondering if we're ever going to see it. One of the greatest casts in a while. And I'm scared we're never going to see this season. I think we will. Do you think All Stars Flora was just like just a joke for Jay Mitchell? Like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna put you on a season of the challenge and we're just never gonna air it after you cried and you wanted to be back on all these years. It adds to the lore, but I think we're gonna get it. 
so much stuff has happened within that season and like affected like people's real lives have changed so much already since then. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, follow us on Twitter at Tip Professionals. Have a great week, and we start 2024 strong. Hopefully next week someone will finally get eliminated, just so we don't have to see them anymore. But the season's going strong, and we're going strong. Have a great week. Bye now.